Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Ambassadors podcast for the week of August 20, 2012. This is episode 160. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We're the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. Joining me today in studio are my regular co-hosts. Jackie Rataco, account manager with Interval. <laughs> Sorry, I was carmexing my flappers there. Uh, Adam Meyer, <laughs> creative director at Interval. Okay, I'm going to go on record and saying that's the first time Carmex has ever been used as a verb in the history of mankind. Carmexing? Carmexing. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody has... That's has a pretty bold statement. Must have used that as a verb. You think so? Somewhere at some point in time. I bet if I, I Googled car-mix. Carmexing, I would get a lot of results. You think so? Let's, let's find out. No, poor people. Do you, do you know that Carmex supposedly has an addictive quality that makes you want to apply it yes, even more that's frequently? that's urban myth, but it's got a grain of truth to it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like a chapstick devotee i don't know what what it would have in it it probably does something that breaks down the skin where it makes it even more irritated so you need more of it Mm -hmm. that's a brilliant marketing i know scheme a chapstick that actually dries out your lips (laughs) (laughs) oh that's good stuff all right um this is going to be this is our one trick pony i wonder where that the derivation of one trick pony is how many ponies are multiple trick and what do they even mean how many ponies actually do tricks? A lot. Really? <laughs> yeah. Go to the rodeo, or they're not uh, ponies. They're horsies. Ponies are in or rodeos. Bulls. They have cute little hats on. <laughs> right? That's little their one trick. Hats? I have no idea. That's their one trick is wearing a hat. <laughs> All right. Our one trick today is going to be uh, a review of by the numbers, which we'll get to in a little bit. But been wanting to do this for a while, and finally um, took some time to review the report so there's some interesting stuff in here and i don't think you guys have read it in depth so Mm-mm. it'll be interesting to get at least your initial responses to some of the data can't do you wait. have something to respond do you have something to report data no not nothing on but I, I think of Go- goonies oh oh yeah carmexing has been used many times according to google i disbelieve according to google <laughs> Okay, uh, just a couple announcements. Uh, make sure you tune in for our webcast on September 14th on measurement with folks from Cleveland Clinic and Fairview uh, Health System. Uh, make sure you come to Philly and join us for Shushmid. Uh, we're having a conference, pre-conference workshop on Wednesday, 9-19. I've never been to Philly. I'm kind of bummed that I'm not going this year. I want to say... If- Maybe I, I have been. I never there. have either. Yeah. Is that the I'm tear it up. Brother, brotherly love city, city or brotherly something love. like that? Yeah. It is that. I've never spent, I'm trying to think if I spent time there or not. Hmm. Mm, that's a mind bender. I know I've been there. <clears throat> is there a famous ball field there? Uh, no. The <laughs> Phillies play there, but I don't know what, they, what stadium it is, but I do not believe it's famous. Uh-oh. And the Philadelphia Eagles play, but I don't think their stadium's famous. The 76ers. I used to know their stadium back in the day. Good story. Anywho, it's a great city <laughs> from what I'm told. So, um, yeah. Though I will have to say this is not, this is not a good promotion for Why? Philadelphia or Shushmed. But I saw a CNN report. Uh, apparently they're having some crime issues there. And they have a new nickname. Can you guess what it might be? Killadelphia? Killadelphia. <laughs> oh, is that like Murderapolis or whatever? Murderapolis. Minneapolis was called Murderapolis in the 90s because its murder rate was off the chart, though nothing compared to like Chicago or New York. 
Now our murder rate is just insanely low. Oh, is it? That's it's insanely good. low. Yeah, it's amazing how but low it, it is. So now we're back gone. to Minneapolis. But it's going. It, this year has been a bad year in Minneapolis. Not but not bad right. compared yeah. to all the old standards, but bad right. compared to like the last couple of years. I think so. Anywho, uh, back to the news. Join us for a pre-conference workshop. Uh, me, myself, and I, Chris Boyer, as well from Minova, the metamorphosis of a digital strategy. It's going to be fantastic. Metamorphosis. Are you guys going to wear caterpillar uniforms and transform to butterflies in front That's of their eyes? That's a great idea. <laughs> Come on. I think we should. As we go through our three-hour workshop, we'll just like peel off our Lorax and our I, no thorax. I don't want to see your thorax. You should totally roll, roll Boyer out like in a big cocoon, and then he could crack open up in the front with like big butterfly wings and his, and his little ukulele and start and doing a song. His ukulele, yes. Oh, man. Oh, this is so disturbing that, already. That picture is awesome. He'll be a, a pupa to start I think his with. head should be sticking out, though, when I roll in. <laughs> Just clunking into all the chairs on the way down. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we got that going on. And then branding at the bar with our pals from Metacom Interrupter, Thursday, September 20th, 5 to 7. Can we announce surprises now? I think it's safe to announce surprises. I was just going to say with some killer prizes. It's the iPad 3 Which they don't call it three. that. We should call it the three times three prize. Three iPad 3s will be given away. Not just one. Not two. Trace. The number of counting shall be three. Mm-hmm. It shall not be two unless preceded by three. Am I eligible? It shall not be four. Five, Five is right, right out. out. <laughs> Sorry, Jackie. That's okay. We can't help ourselves. That's when I look at my computer and ding out. Let's see what else is going on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think that's all the announcements for now. Good enough, right? That's quite a few. Let's dive into Buy the Numbers. You guys familiar with Buy the Numbers? Have you ever studied it? No. No? Oops. But I'm familiar. So this is the fourth edition. I do not believe it comes out. um, I think it comes out every two years. I'm not sure. But if you're not familiar with Buy the Numbers, it is a survey done by Shushmid. The numbers. Of hospitals and health (laughs) systems regarding marketing and communications. And it covers everything from budgets... Uh, types of marketing pursued, staff sizes, that type of thing. And I think it's a pretty good benchmark for our industry, at least uh, looking at some of the numbers compared to what we would see with other industries Mm -hmm. and looking at some of the numbers compared to what it's been in the past. So I've tried to go through this. There's a lot in here. Obviously, this is a copyrighted document and I believe you have to pay for it. I was just going to say, I think you have to pay something you used substantial. To get it, you used to get it for free as a member mm-hmm. of Shushmed, but now you have to pay for it. It's definitely worth buying. If you're in a marketing department, yeah. you should have at least one copy of this thing around. So we're not obviously going to give away all their secrets, uh, but we're going to talk about it enough that hopefully it will compel people to buy it, and therefore they won't send us a cease and desist letter. That's how I'm, <laughs> that's how I'm thinking of it. Uh, so uh, a couple of the, the key things to know before we get started uh, as always, this is a survey, so there is always that kind of grain of salt, though this is less about, uh, I think, people's opinions and more about reporting on what they're doing. So we know that there can be uh, a lot of biases even built into that. So when you're reporting about your budget, you might increase it, you might decrease it, you might make stuff up, you might, there's all kind. it's not, it's not actual data, it's people's yeah. interpretation of the actual data. Right. Or but, when, when they're asking you what you've done, some may have a tendency to say, 
what they should have done or yes. what they think they should be doing. Yes. In fact, that brings me to a point that I forgot to raise, and I'm going to bring it up at the end. So, yes, they may try to make it seem like they're better than they are. Now, it's anonymous, so I think it right. helps with that. So you really, there's no reason for you to try to make yourself look good. Um, but I think there's still a tendency to do there's that. Like a psychological component to answering those questions. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So people will, people will tend to give themselves more credit than they really do. Right. And they will tend to, in general, downplay negatives and any kind of question about themselves or their behavior or whatever. So all that said, it's still, um, I think, good to talk through. They had 269 completed surveys which is a nice number. Uh, 123 of those were from standalone hospitals and 146 were from health systems. So I don't know what this... They say there are 3,000 Shushman members who are contacted via email. Um, email is conducted... Or, or the survey is conducted via telephone and mail. Um, so take all that for what it's worth. So what can we tell you about the data? First of all, I pulled some interesting stats, just some random stats, all right? So here's an interesting stat. The average hospital reports 4.7 competitors. I don't know what to make of that. Get any feedback on that? Is that high or low? Probably right around what I would assume. Yeah, when you're considering community hospitals weighed against the hospitals in metro areas. Uh what was interesting to me, well, no, I guess maybe it's not. It's really not an interesting it's not. stat. There is an interesting point here. Health systems with less than 400 beds report 3.3. So, again, community hospital, likely oh, sure. um, more rural. Health systems with more than 400 beds have 7.1 competitors. So nearly double, but you average those two together, and that's where you come up with it. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me is that academic medical centers report 8.9. Hmm. Um, it's curious to me why that would be higher than the health systems. I have an idea. By like almost double. It's double the average, and it's 20% higher than even health systems with more than 400 beds. What's I'm, your theory? I'm wondering if, because first of all, academic medical centers are more rare than just traditional acute yeah. um, yeah. care hospitals. So that's odd. Uh, I'm wondering if when you're an academic medical center, you think more um, broadly geographically. I was just going to say, yeah, that's what I was. So you would consider, if you're in Minneapolis, University of Minnesota, you would consider the academic medical center in Chicago and Omaha as competitors, Mm -hmm. whereas the acute care hospitals here would not think outside their market as far as competition. Right. Just making that up. Are they always tied to university? Yes. Okay. I believe so, yes. That's a great question. I think that's where the... I don't, I don't know. That, you know what? This just shows my ignorance. Every day you learn something new. I always, always assumed the academic medical center, the academic meant it was tied to a university. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I suppose too. it's possible that means that's a teaching hospital. That's the academic part. But I, but I know, you know, now that I think about it, there are definitely teaching hospitals not tied to a university directly like physically and uh we have a client that's becoming a teaching hospital that there's no university involved but i don't think they would call themselves an academic medical center so i guess we better look into that yeah exposing our ignorance (laughs) uh the average market share reported 
just take a stab. What do you think the average hospital reports as its own market share? I saw the number already. Oh, cheater. Everyone always puts themselves like at the midpoint, though. I mean, that's almost like the, unless this is even lower. But that seems to be it. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to assume their average unless they know they're great or something. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times if you ask some, ask an individual what they're, where they fall in the grand scheme of things, if they're, their income, their personal income or their household income, the tendency is to say, yeah, but you're right in the middle somewhere. Somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. Make up a number. 51%. Sounds like you're right, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, you know, again, hopefully that's, that's a reflection of actual data. But, but sometimes you got to wonder. Okay. So uh, titles. Let's see. I want to make sure I have this stuff in front of me when I refer to it. So uh, the, 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 I don't know if this is the right way to say it. The most common highest title. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Highest title. So people were asked, what is the highest title what does from it a mean? marketing perspective at your organization? So oh. what's the highest title a marketing oh, person like holds? Like a VP or a director? Right. Or a, okay. Just in their organization. Okay. What do you think the number one one was? Director. Director. 41%. Uh, 11% of hospitals have somebody at senior vice president, 28% have it at vice president, and 3% had associate vice president. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those three added up are also... 42 percent uh i think it's interesting that there's as many hospitals that stop at director as there are that go beyond it do you think smaller hospitals or maybe yes. not smaller stop at director and then the other ones go bigger yeah i do think that's what that's about but it's still you know i think it also is a little bit of a reflection of where marketing stands in our industry uh but it would really surprise me if there were health systems with more than 400 beds that don't have a vice president Maybe there are some yeah. out there that are listening, but that would surprise me. Uh, marketing responsibilities. I think there's some interesting things in here. So what are you responsible for? <clears throat> so, for example, advertising, 100% of the respondents said advertising was responsibility of marketing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, some of the things that I think are sad, <laughs> customer relationship management, 48% said that, that marketing was responsible Pretty for high. that. You think that's high? 48%. I think that's sadly low. Oh. Now, 30% of those respond 30% of respondents said they don't even have CRM. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would be my. So a third of them don't even have it, but 14% <clears throat> said somebody else was responsible for it. That is bizarre. Probably IT. Maybe they or maybe they're dividing out business development or something or they misunderstood the question. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I mean, I don't know how the does it say do we have the wording of the question there? Uh, call center and fulfillment, 40% have that under marketing. Uh, again, 30% don't even have call center capabilities. And 26% say that that's handled somewhere else, which makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, business development, business plans, strategic planning, only 33% is handled under marketing. 65% is somewhere else. And what, I, what I'm guessing there is marketing has been carved out from a strategy function or a business development function. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, the good news here is that 96% of those responding said that marketing was responsible for websites mm. with only 4% saying it was somebody else directing. Now, back in the day, that number would have been much lower mm-hmm. because there was certainly a battle early on between IS and marketing about who owns the website. Right. 
Uh, and thankfully, the good side won. <laughs> good side. <laughs> the right side. Let's put it that way. Is that fair? I don't mean to slam my IS peeps out there, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean. Uh, the average department size. You see the number already, Jackie? Yeah, I'm staring right at all the results. Seen it yet. Okay. Across all hospitals, how many people are full time people are in a marketing department? Seven. No. Higher. 10.8. That seems, yeah, that seems high to me. 10.8. So if high. you break it down, uh, the lowest are hospitals with under 100 beds with two, which makes sense. The highest are those systems with 401 plus beds or corporate, both of which reported uh, 20 on average. So... There you go. High, low, interesting. Not much to say. Kind of high, but I suppose on average it makes sense. Budget. Let's talk about budget. The average marketing budget reported by respondents was $2.3 million. Some interesting things about that. That is, on average, 0.4% of net patient revenue. Net patient revenue is basically revenue for hospitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the revenue they're supposed to get, which sometimes they report. Like, in other words, hospitals will say, hey, we're supposed to get 25000 for this surgery, but we're only reimbursed at five. And right. they'll report the twenty five as some kind of magical, you know, so they can show the difference between what they're supposed to get and what they actually get. Mm-hmm. It's whatever. All you care about is the actual money that comes I was in. Say, That's you the can say what you're revenue. supposed to get all day long. Well, they use it for a lot of political reasons. I'm sure they do. Reasons. Point four percent of net patient revenue. So that's a good statistic to use if you want to know how much money should we be spending mm-hmm. on marketing. Uh, what's interesting is it's almost twice that for hospitals with 400 beds or less. So point seven percent. And what I'm what I'm guessing there is their staff salaries and things like that. There's probably a fixed cost with marketing, even at their smaller size. Right. Uh, that unless you just do away with marketing, is going to increase it. And once you start getting bigger, then that percentage goes down. Mm-hmm. Staff salaries account for 28% of that budget. So, Adam, you're frowning. You're frowning at that statistic or no, something just, else? All these statistics in, in general. I mean, in a lot of... It makes your head hurt. Well, it doesn't make my head hurt. It's just like <laughs> I, the allocation is off, often odd. Um, be nice to see more. I, I would like to see that dedicate. I would probably maybe even at the expense of some of the of the headcount to see a smaller headcount in some cases, and maybe even higher salaries, so that you can really attract sophisticated marketers um, to your team. Well, how about this? Staff salaries account for 28%. Advertising and media spending accounts for 37%. So I would, I would, I would support your, your um, advocacy, and I would say the money should come from advertising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, you're spending, you're spending 50% more, if you want to look at it that way, but roughly 10% more of your total budget on advertising than you are on the people right. involved. And that is um, interesting. And obviously there's scale there and there's reasons for that. But um, anyway, you know what we think about advertising. There's some more here on advertising. Do people um, know, though? 
What? Do people know how, how we think on advertising? You don't think they do by now? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Are you being sarcastic? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Uh, changes in marketing budget. 74% of respondents reported increase in social media budget. Good. Mm-hmm. 70% increase in website budget. Good. Mm-hmm. 43% on CRM budget. As long as it's a positive increase, as as increase that's good. Uh, 43% reported increase in advertising, but 29% reported a decrease. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 26% reported increase in staff, but 24% reported decrease. So balance each other out. Yeah. 27% reported a decrease in spending on publications, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a sign to me that you're moving to digital. Right. Because uh, that could be just, heck, if you just went digital from, from print, the postal and printing charges alone would probably be that savings. Uh, 45% decrease in education and conferences. So it doesn't bode well for the forum and Shushmid yeah. and others. Yeah. Or for... I might say the industry. Yeah. Because if you're not keeping up with new ideas and education, uh, that is not a good thing. (laughs) And 52% decrease in travel, which is connected right to conferences. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really going to go, I mean, to the point earlier about attracting the right type of people to your team. I mean, there's already, the line is clearly drawn with who gets to go to these things. In most cases, if you're not manager level or above, you could, for even many cases, maybe even higher than that, you're not you're not going to go to these right. conferences or these events, at least not on the company dime. You're going to go on your own, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate. My son, my son threw that word back at me. He's going to be a lawyer. I swear. It's, unfortunate. Yeah, because it's a long story, but I promised him that he wanted something, and I said, if you want it, you got to save your money for it. And then he saved his money for it. And I'm like having second thoughts about still letting him have it. It's a piece of technology. <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, it's just, does he, even at his age, should he have this technology? With an iPhone? No, I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's close. Right. So let's call it an iPhone. Right. So you can understand why, even if he's got the money to buy it, should he have it? He's 14. It's not an iPhone, but you get the point. And so I said, <laughs> he's like, why are you telling me this now? Why didn't you, you know, think of it? And I'm like, you know, it's really unfortunate that I didn't think of this when i made this deal with you but that doesn't still doesn't take away my right to think about it now he's like i don't think you understand the the meaning of the word unfortunate (laughs) he's like unfortunate means not lucky and i'm like okay let's not go down this path (laughs) anyway okay smart kid let's see some other things he's Um, his father's son yes between 2009 and 2000 so here's some changes two-year changes 11 percent increase in net patient revenue so hospitals are bringing in more money, but only a 7% increase in overall marketing budget. So in other words, marketing is not keeping pace with, right. not with surprising, the though. growth. Uh, 16% drop in advertising as a percentage of marketing budget between the two years. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the 7%, though, I mean, that's such a, it's hard to, there's so much money that's wasted in, in healthcare marketing that it's sometimes it's really hard to even to justify it. it. It's a weird, it's, it's, it's hard to, to say it's bad that it's not keeping up because man, there's so many, there's so many organizations that could take the budget they already have and use it so much more effectively yeah. that they could potentially do with less and, 
in the end do more yeah, with less. Right. So it's mm-hmm. kind of those numbers are hard to compare. Yeah, you're right. I do it anyway, but you're right. <laughs> uh, digital media average annual digital advertising media budget one hundred fourteen thousand uh, dollars. It's hard to know what to make of that until you see that the average annual mass media budget reported is six hundred seventy one thousand. So five times. Wow. Um, more than five times, six times, six times mm-hmm. the budget. It would be awesome to see you from the, from the organizations that are actually a little more sophisticated and running and, and, and tying the results of their efforts here back to their CRM and back to the utilization to see what the ROI is on digital versus mass with that much money being spent in, in both areas. Did we get anything do we have any statistics on that in here? No. And unfortunately, you can't even really look at those numbers I just gave as a percentage of the total because the way the survey was structured and the way people responded, <clears throat> they tended to lump things differently than they were told. Sure. So you can't even say that that's a percentage of the total. It's You just have the raw numbers. Right. And, and it definitely doesn't tie it back in other ways. You can't correlate. At least we can't from what we see here mm-hmm. correlate. All right, one more thing, and then we'll let everybody go. So here's one of those things that when I saw, I just laughed wholeheartedly out loud. Section 5.1, measuring return on investment. Guess the percentage, Adam, of hospitals that stated that they are measuring ROI on their marketing. Ninety. Ninety? You're you're thinking the right way. It's 73%. Okay. And I just went. You giggled? I'm calling <laughs> And then you flip the page and you understand why the number's that high. Because I think it's very safe to say that there's no way that, the, that 75% of hospitals are measuring ROI at the market. Mm-hmm. Uses of measures of ROI. Okay? <laughs> so here's 83% of people said they measured number of appointments, classes, or other services scheduled by individuals. That is not ROI. Right, right. 71% said they measured volume or revenue. Yes, though I still am shocked. Volume or revenue is letting them off the hook, right? And that's mm-hmm. still not ROI. Revenue is not ROI. Right. First-time patients. In other words, number of calls to call center. Uh, in other words, there's only one. I don't think that even actually anywhere specifically say you have determined the incremental cost brought in from your marketing effort. That's not even on the list. Yeah. So they're using ROI and that general mm-hmm. result definition that drives me up a, a wall. <laughs> right. And they shouldn't do that. Shushman shouldn't do that. ROI is financial return on your investment. It's not even revenue mm-hmm. because you have to subtract what it costs you to do it. It's what's left over. Right. So that's my bone to pick with this. Fair. And it's been that way for a while. Um, you know, at least they're trying to do it, but anywho. Yeah. Here's something, one last thing more interesting. Um, response to healthcare reform. Will healthcare reform make you marketing, let's see, more competitive and force you to invest more, uh, about the same, or will marketing be less valued and fewer resources? 42% said they'll have to invest more because we'll be more competitive. 45% said the same. 13 said fewer resources because of reform. So there you go. Right on. Make of it what you will. I strongly encourage you to go out and buy this. Uh, It will help you benchmark your own efforts. 
as far as that can go based on some of the caveats we've given. But it's still a very, it's a great resource, I think. Yeah. It's cool that they do it. And we should encourage people to participate. The more people that participate, the more accurate the numbers. All right. So that's it. There's our one trick pony. We, we have a horse with no name. <laughs> Fade out to music. Yeah. All right. So for Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, this is Chris Pavolo. Jackie Retackle. And Adam Meyer. Talk to you next time.